Tom Panos and John McGrath without Troy Malcolm today. But let me tell you, he'll be back with us next week. Um, it's just the way the timing works. And I'm I'm away on um, on leave, so I'm in a different time zone. John, today's session is going to be part two of ARIC 2023. We covered part one uh, last week. Um, there's still a big buzz. I, I still, like, we're, we're now, like, we're one or two weeks post ARIC. I still have people buzzing about the results they're getting from the information that they got. We've got, John, we've got real estate gym members that are telling us they have got five and 10 listings. They're getting presentations. And um, yeah. it, obviously, execution, obviously, going to ARIC is important, but execution of ARIC is also very important. Yeah, look, I think, Tommy, that's good while we're sort of going last week and this week a bit more over it because, number one, the number of people that I've asked to send me their notes and they had stuff I didn't have was really important. So sometimes you just, like you go to a movie twice, right? You go to it, you loved it the first time, you go back a second time, you pick up little bits that you didn't see. So I think um, you're right that I'm getting feedback about the practical application of the content from Eric this year was a new level. Um, and so thanks for all the speakers, you know, not just the keynotes, our Aussie and Kiwi agents did ourselves proud. They didn't uh, take a backseat to anyone. So I just thought, Tommy, you know, and, and, and I'm happy because I know that you're on uh, vacation, so very kind of you to actually free up time for our listeners. But I've got a whole heap of uh, stuff here, uh, some from speakers I went through a bit last week, but I'd just like to go a bit deeper. And I might just jump into it and then, you know, you just please chime in as you sort of hear or see or hear things that made a difference Perfect. to you. But, yeah, look, every speaker was sensational. I, I thought Reese Witherspoon, Ryan Serhan, Tom, very rich role, by the way. His content's very deep, Tom, very deep. And he, he's a real life change. He's a bit like Dr. Fred, a dear friend of yours and mine. He kind of changes lives with his content. So I've got a few points from him. But I'll just start again with Reese. You know, I thought Reese was brilliant because most people thought of her as just being an incredibly talented actor or actress in the old language. But she showed that she is a very astute businesswoman and her advice was was very strong. And a lot of people said, oh, you know, we thought it'd be nice to see a celebrity like Reese. But when we heard what she said to say, man, changed our lives. So, you know, the key things I took away from Reese, I mentioned a couple of these last week, Tommy. You know, she's big into storytelling and I know that's her industry. But, you know, it's a, we're in storytelling. And somewhere further in the notes, I'll talk about another comment that someone, I think it might have been Kieran Bresnahan, said that people remember stories, not formulas. And I think the stories, and if you want to sound more corporate, call them case studies, if you like, but that sort of language. So I really think it's important to become a great storyteller, whether you're selling a property, the story about the property, the neighborhood, the time, the market, you know, stories that that are real, authentic, um, or whether you're listing a property. I mean, you know, people will remember the story you tell them about how you found a buyer for another property and had it styled and got a premium price. Um, she also spoke to me about what uh, I've, I've coined it, what's in it for me, but she, she was very big on whatever you're doing, whether you're storytelling, whether you're on social media, make sure that you're thinking of the audience, not yourself. And I think you and I bang on about this regularly, Tommy, that, agents seem to think about themselves and, and their own egos when in actual fact you should be thinking who's this being written for who's this being uh, content being aimed at 
and what's important to them. And she, she said, how do you want to make them feel? So do you want people to feel confident? Do you want people to feel curious? Do you want people to feel educated at, at, as a result of your intervention or your listing or your teleprospecting call or your social media post? Um, and she went on to say, you know, it's all about adding value and educating people. We've said that ourselves many, many times. She talked about um, women, what, a, what an incredible, and she's a huge advocate for women in business, women in the arts, you know, just women in the world in general, not, not necessarily just successful women, but, you know, women that um, are disadvantaged as well. She's a big um, uh, person around that. And she said, I think the statistic told me, she said 72% of the decision makers when it comes to property from the research she'd done in down under, this is in Australasia, were women. So once upon a time, you know, the man bought the car, the man chose the bank, the man bought the house, maybe probably the man said who should sell the house. Things have changed on their heads. So get with it, guys. Johnny, Johnny, can I can I just can I just extend on that? Doing auctions on a Saturday, you often start seeing an agent do a post auction negotiation with a couple. And I find it fascinating, John, that there seems to be a tendency, the agent has got more eye contact and discussion with the male in a male-female couple-like, and, and, and you think, and that's a very, very good point, and whether they do it subconsciously or whether they do it because they feel like I'd make the decision in my house, I don't know what it is, but it is a very good point, John. I think it's hard, the habits are hard to break, Tommy, and I think, you know, it was only a generation ago or, or even perhaps a decade or two ago where that paradigm, which is was never a good one, by the way, but it was probably close to close to true, no longer today. So um, women, storytelling, video, big on video, uh, and one of her great phrases was authentic, uh, be authentic, imperfect is ideal. Imperfect, she said, don't stress about perfect hairstyle, perfect this, perfect audio. And you're great at this, Tommy. I mean, yeah, you've just popped up there in a balcony and often you'll pop up at an airport or somewhere. And it's what people want. They actually want to see the real deal, not the mega studio over-polished. So, um, yeah, get over your insecurities and just jump on jump on Zoom, jump on social media, jump in front of a camera, uh, whatever it is. Now, segue, Ryan Serhan. I thought one of the best 30 minutes I've come across in 25 years of Eric and then other conferences. Um, I mentioned a couple of these last week, there's a few new ones. Uh, he, he's all about creating advocates. One of the things he said, Tom, was, you know, he said, don't give up the lower price range stuff. He said, I still do little, little, you know, for him, little is probably three million, but he said, I still do lower price properties as well because he said that the, the vendors and buyers at the lower end of the market become your advocates. So he was all about volume business and he said, the more clients you can touch, the better. So don't, goes so exclusive in his mind anyway that you actually cut out a lot of your market. He said his words were embrace volume selling. He talked a lot about energy. And one of the favorite things he said was energy is a tactic. Change your energy, change your life. Energy is a tactic, change your energy. And he talks about big money energy. I think you might have just released a book around that. And he, he said it can be learned and practiced. Um, the, one of the great things he said, and I've used this half a dozen times in coaching, since was he said, yeah, do an energy audit. Ask a close friend who will be honest with you. What is it? Can you describe me? Tell me about my energy, my habits. You know, what do you see when you see me? When you're around me, how do you feel? 
And uh, the, that particular one, for people that weren't there, you know, the person said, oh, yeah, I'll tell you if I like. He said, well, you, 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 you're hunched over in the shoulders. You haven't got a good posture. You always look down on the ground. You don't listen enough. And he said half a dozen things that most people, lesser people, would have been highly offended at and gone into defense mode. And he, and he said, thank you for being honest. Then he went away and thought about it. And he thought about the reasons and he reversed them. And he realized that some of them had dated back to childhood. And uh, he said, you know, if I hadn't asked that question, and probably more importantly, if I hadn't been prepared to accept the answer, um, I never would. And he said that was one of the greatest exercises I ever did. He talked about projecting future you, um, and some people call it fake it till you make it. But he said, you know, where are you going to be in five years' time? And if you're going to be the best agent in Australasia, we'll go there now mentally, physically, emotionally, walk like you're the best agent, talk like you're the best agent. Uh, one of the things he said, I'm just looking for the note. He said, um, "When you, yeah, the people who win are the ones who own every room they walk into." I love that quote. The That's people gold. Who, is that good? The, no. I'll send you these after Tommy, so you can have a uh, have a look at them. The people who win are the ones who own every room they walk into. And by the way, what I loved about him, Tom, one of the many things is he's not an arrogant guy. You you might get that impression from the show and the editing and the little. But he's actually, you know, and you got to chat to him off screen, I know. He's actually a very decent guy, really good guy. Um, so arrive like you already have the listing. Arrive at the property like you've already got the listing. Uh, he talked about when he did the casting call to get on the broker, and he was a no-one broker. He was, you know, number three million in America or something. And he said he arrived at the broker and he said to himself, I am the greatest real estate broker in the history of the world. And he decided that he was going to be the best, so he may as well start acting like the best and sounding like the best already, why wait? Because he said, they're not going to hire me just, you know, on any other reason because he said, I've got no no track record to speak of. The other thing I really liked is, and I use this a lot, Tommy, in my own sort of selling world, he talked a lot about unselling. He didn't use that phrase. I've, I've, I've applied the phrase. So he sort of said, you know, when you're with a buyer and they're a bit short on the, on the bit below the price, they won't budge. You say, you know, Tom, you know, this home is expensive. And he said, to be quite frank, maybe this is a little bit too expensive for you and what you're looking for at the moment. Um, why don't I find something that's more within your budget? So it's kind of that care, but not that much yeah. that we talk about. And um, and I thought that was yeah, really cool. And it's a lot of people say, oh, no, I can afford the home. So man, look, there are other homes less expensive. I get it. You know, I don't want to stretch you. Um, he also talked about be gentle with people. Don't freak them out. Nudge them into a decision that they were going to make anyway, but never try to push a square peg into a round hole. Um, he's a great believer in in uh, building a uh, multi-stream business, and the metaphor he used were, he said, don't go one deal by one deal, one listing, and then put all your focus on it, and then wait, sell it, and then the next one. He said, you know, throw all the balls in the air and then manage their flight path, which I thought was a really interesting metaphor. He said, dude, if you catch 80 to 90%, you've done well. So, you know, just see it like a juggler, 100 balls in the air and five of them fall, and that doesn't matter because you've still got 95 and it's still a great a great act. Um, <clears throat> I thought that was really good. He, he did talk about push, pull, persist with three things. Um, the push was as you take an offer to the market, whether you're trying to list a property or you're selling and representing a property, you know, what, what's the creativity you can use to get excitement? What are the incentives? What's What can you do to kind of push it out there and excite the market? Then pull is how do you encourage people to make the decision they want to make anyway? Never try and make someone make a decision they don't want to make. 
but how can we encourage them through our language? The last one was persist, follow up, follow through, follow back. He just said, follow up, follow through, follow back, keep doing it, keep doing it, um, and that'll get you there. Tommy Ferry, the, you know, we're going to say it, I think I mentioned it last week, Tom, uh, but the best metaphor was he talked about the golf pro. He's on the, he's on the driving range. He's hitting, hitting a lot of, and I'm not a golfer, he is, he's hitting a lot of balls. He said they're all falling sort of generally close to the hole. They're, they're pretty good. Golf pro walks up to him and says, do you, know, do you want to learn how to become a really good golfer? And he thought, shit, I wasn't. I thought I was a really good golfer. And the guy said, show me the grip you use on the club. And Tom held his hands on the club and he held it up to the – and the guy just grabbed his hands and he turned them about two inches. He, he sort of rotated them two inches to the right and he said, try this now. And he said the first four, five, or six were terrible. Then the seventh, eighth, ninth started to become good. And then from 10th on, he had a whole new golf swing that took him to a new, a new level of greatness. And he said, you know, the interesting thing was for a lot of people, sometimes it's a two-inch rotation of their skills, their dialogue, their tactics, their approach, their manner, their energy, whatever it is, sometimes it's a two-inch rotation to the right. And he said, you got to get that it's going to be uncomfortable until it's comfortable. Every change is inevitably uncomfortable. But he said, you do it. He said, if you trust the professional, if you trust your mentor, trust your coach, and you do that. So two inch to the right, and it happens. And he said, man, that's that was, I thought that was such a great metaphor. He did a little exercise. Tommy, um, he said, you know, open up your phone, how many contacts you got, multiply it by 5%. That's how many of those people are going to move in the next 12 months. Um, you know. I had 14,000 on mine. A lot of people had that or more. Some had 3,000, whatever it is. 5% of the number is a big number. And he said, people sell when their circumstances change, but if you're not in touch with them, you'll never know when their circumstances change. You don't know if their parents, one of them dies, passes away. You don't know if they're going through divorce. You don't know if they've had a child. You know, you don't know if they got a job transfer. So he said, just pick the damn phone up and start calling people. Um, and the last one I had, Danny, go, Tom. Johnny, while I've got that slide, you'd sent it to me, and I've had a lot of people ask for it. He talked about Mike Vance's five key questions about life. So I'll quickly just read them out, Johnny. If you remember those five questions, question number one, what is your purpose? Question number two, what are your God-given talents? Question number three, what are your values? Question number four, it's 20 years from now. How are you showing up for others? What did you build? What's the vision? And question number five, who would you be if you were already there? And he talked about that those questions were shaping his life and uh, that a lot of his clients had actually used those questions um, to create a roadmap um, on what their life was going to look like in the future. Yeah, and some of that touched on the uh, right events. Project your future self. Where are you going to be in 20 years? Why don't you get there now? Rich Roll, um, very deep, um, went through a terrible part of his life. You know, he's addicted to alcohol and health was... How did you find him, John? How did you... I mean, John, this guy here was unknown to the Australian audience, right? But yeah. I, call, I call him the intelligent attendee speaker, right? Because it does need... You know, he, he doesn't have a lot of, you know, one-liners that roll off the tongue, and that's why his podcasts are two, three hours. He gets very deep into a subject. You know, how did you find him, John? 
that literally through the podcast, Tommy, I, 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 the first thing I'll be very honest, aesthetically, I saw, I was watching YouTube and, you know, YouTube gets to know you and it knows you like podcasts and somehow it popped up on my feed and, and I, I like the aesthetic of the room. He, he has this beautiful black room and he's got the, um, you know, sort of the way he, he, he divides the screen was really good. And I thought, wow, that looks really interesting. And the guy looked kind of interesting. He's kind of, you know, 50 something, maybe late fifties and, He's, uh, he kind of looks like a bit of a surfer dude from the 70s. And I started listening and I thought, man, that is deep stuff. So I just became addicted to listening to his, his tapes. And like, as you and I and Nicola and the others always do, just sent off an email and he came back and said, love to be a part of it. So a couple of things um, there. And, and you know, we'll, we'll let everyone know when we have the ARIC videos available because you've really got to watch all these people go to work. A great resource, Tommy, for your gym members, I think, for um, sales meetings. You know, you could play one of those for the next 35 weeks, one a week, and then debrief it, and you've got your whole sales meeting agenda. So um, you change when you change your lens. You know, he just talked about you, until he saw things differently, you know, he, he, he was nowhere. And he said, uh, someone said to him, you know, here's the, the good news is I've had a look at you. This is, I think, a therapist. He said, you've only got to change one thing. He said, the bad news is that thing is everything. So he, he was at a point where he needed an extreme makeover to actually not just be successful, but more importantly, save his life. Um, he talks about all of us are sitting atop a reservoir of untapped potential. Um, talent is overrated, which I, I agree totally. He said, discipline and commitment can erase any talent deficit gap. I'll say it again. Discipline and commitment can erase any talent deficit gap. Um, he talked a lot about cultivating a bias toward action. You know, don't think about it. Don't hypothesize. Don't tell someone one day you're going to do it. Just do it. And he said, mood follows action. And you can't think your way into a new reality. You cannot think your way into a new reality. So, you know, it's, it's all about action. Tony Robbins talks a lot about that, of course, about, you know, the importance of taking action. Um, I like this little one-off quote. He said, choose to be neutral, be a Jedi, be like a Jedi warrior cool under pressure, neutral under stress. I think it's a good thing because you and I, Tommy, you know, we're kind of the other end of the scale. We're passionate, we're vulnerable, we let, wear our heart. And, and I think there's a bit of that that's really good for both of us and for the people we serve. But I do often wish I had, like, I would develop the skill a bit more around being like the Jedi warrior. Shane Smolin, he's very good at it. Shane's just like, you know, it doesn't matter what you throw at him, what he hears, what he what you say, I mean, he's very calm, cool, and collected. He's just a great example uh, of that. Um, and I like this one too, setbacks reveal character. So this is the way he looked at it, his life. Winning is a celebration of getting through the tough moments. I love this one. Winning only exists because of failure. That's just gold. You know? mm -hmm. a, lot us, a lot of us are sitting there, we're saying, oh, you know, we haven't achieved this, we thought we would, and we've done that, and we're overweight, or we're, we got no listings, or we only did, you know, we're just making ends meet. You know, winning only exists because of failure. So if you take the failure or your perception of what might be failure, and you just say, well, this is my path to winning. Justin Nickerson, I got some good stuff from, from Justin. I, will think, I haven't spoken to him yet, I should call him on. Apologize, Justin, if you're listening to this or if someone knows him, please apologize. I will call him and thank him. But uh, a few good things there. I like what he said. The inspection to offer ratio is seven to one. 
So that may or may not be yours, but the answer is you should know yours and you should track it. So if, if for every seven people you show a property, you get one inspection, then you can have a valid discussion with a vendor and say, you know, Tom, we've now had 21 inspections at your property with pre-qualified buyers and we haven't had one inspection. My concern is typically in this area for properties like yours, I would get, I would expect three offers for 21 inspections. So I think we need to look at the variables. The main one perhaps is price. So he talked about that. Um, he also mentioned another good statistic. His, in his experience, that if you have three or more offers during an auction campaign, it will deliver you a 90% clearance rate. So he's very big on extracting offers. You know, he says, you know, look, tell me about what, what, what oh, you know, I don't think it's not quite for me. There's a few things that need to be done. So at what price would this become attractive to you? Where do you see the value? And at what price would you be a competitive buyer? So he kind of encourages people to provide not just feedback, but an offer that they would buy it at. And he says three offers for him deliver 90%. And I love this one too. I actually didn't hear this at the time. I must have stepped out of the room, but uh, I think Dave Woods, good day to Dave. If he's listening, say good day to Dave. Elevator or a 20-second listing presentation. And he said words to the effect, and I've tweaked a couple of my language. He said, Tom, we find an emotional buyers for your home. We help them fall in love with it, and we create a competitive environment to maximize their offer for you so what what do you say if you know if someone said why would i use you tom by the way i'm about to go i've, I've only got 20 seconds why would i use you you know tom we find emotional buyers for your home we help them fall in love with it and we create a competitive environment to ensure that we maximize the offer we provide to you i think that's that's very very cool so nico well done um australasia's best auctioneer the aussies would say kiwis would say something different but I reckon if he's not, he's bloody close. He was outstanding, John. And let me tell you, I still remember on one of your slides 25 years ago when I was working in um, News Corp and you yep. presented for us. You used to present quite often. You, you, you had that formula. It was emotional connection, yes, uh, world-class presentation. If you remember it, John, it was this formula. More, more buyers, more buyers, emotionally connected in with competitive tension equals premium price, and that's that's kind of pretty much what his his um has thing had said, which is bloody brilliant. I'm just going to finish on with four minutes to go. I'm going to finish on Kieran Bresnahan. Why? Because it was a great presentation, and I love him like a brother. We, I've had the great pleasure to be in business with KB and Matty King for many many years. I don't know the number, but I'm going to say it's got to be nudging towards 20. He gave a great presentation. A um, few few key points I'll pull out. Consistency is the key to mastery. He's a guy that'll say, mate, I haven't got a lot of natural talent. I wasn't born with natural talent, gift of the gab, any of that stuff. But he said, I turn up consistently and I give a damn and that's key. Hard work and dis this was a great one too. Hard work and disappointment are the keys to success. And I think when he said disappointment, he meant kind of handling disappointment, right? Yeah, being able to deal with the failures. And as Rich Roll just said, you know, winning only exists because of failure. Um, people buy stories. We heard that up front from Reese, some very similar KB. Uh, vulner vulnerability is the ultimate in strength. That's a good one. And I, I think, again, Tommy, I'd love to think you and I sort of represent that, that, that we're honest and open and, and we care about stuff. 
He talked about investing in relationships, which sounds like just three words, but when you know the guy, it's real stuff. He really invests in relationships. Then he, he gave three, two or three really good questions to ask buyers. Yeah, Tom, how long have you been looking? Have you bid or made offers on anything else so far? What's the best place you've seen? And was there any reason you didn't buy that one? And the fourth one was, if I found you the ideal place today, Tom, is there anything that would stop you from buying it? And I just think yeah, having those little tools in your toolbox, and you've got to learn them so they don't sound like robotic statements or coming off a workshop or a podcast. But so tell me, how long you just, just I want to get a bit of information so I can really serve you better. Just give me a bit of a sense. How long have you been looking? Um, and, and is there anything while you've been looking that you've bid or made offers on so far? Can you just tell me of all those things you've looked at in the last six months, what was the best place you saw? Okay, Ten Smith, could you just give me a sense of why that one didn't end up being yours? What was the reason you didn't buy it? And then, Tom, yeah, I just got to ask you because, yeah, my, my, my goal is to actually serve you properties that not only match your criteria, but they're ready to go immediately and they're ready to sell. So if I were to find you a place that's ideal today that matches everything you're looking for, are you in a position to sign a contract and make it yours? That I just ad lib the last one, but yeah, whatever you've got there, and feel free to plagiarize anything we've got. We've fitted it in, Tommy. I said I was going to get you out and about before twelve, but um, I'll send you, Tom. I'll send you and Susan these notes so you've got them because I know you're on a break. Um, and uh, we'll let uh, obviously all Eric audience and and if you're happy, all your gym members know when the video's out because I reckon that's a damn good content johnny you're you're joining me on you're joining me on june 30 for a bit of a direct implementation day for our gym members and a few others there hopefully who knows by then maybe the video editing would have been done and um yeah we can we can uh, make them uh, available by then jody outstanding summary outstanding summary um of of eric and um to everyone, we'll talk to you next week and we'll have Troy with us. Thank you so much. Signing off. Enjoy your break. See you, Tommy. Take care. Thanks.